Well, 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 well. Hello, ladies and gents. I am your girl, Tiffany E., one-fourth of your co-host of Down for the Count. And on behalf of Janae, Alexis, and Nicole, welcome back to the show. Did you miss us? I say, did you miss us? Well, don't get too excited because it's just me. <laughs> I'm here to give you guys a full recap of all of the storylines going in to the Royal Rumble. Yes, I am here <laughs> to give you guys the je ne sais quoi, the pumps, the fun, the the, ooh, the oomph to get you excited for the show, man. Now, it looks like Royal Rumble is already said and done. Doesn't look like they're going to add anything new to the show in terms of matches. If they do, I will update this little audio recording that we're doing here. And you guys can hear some new things. Okay? Now, let's talk about the first match on the card. Which is the pitch black match between LA Knight and Bray Wyatt. L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt don't have much of a history. But with the history they do have, their paths crossing at Royal Rumble seems to be an interesting one. Now for weeks we've watched Bray Wyatt reemerge and he's a shell of him for himself. It seems that he has been struggling with his inner demons trying to keep them at bay. But one of those demons, if not the main demon, has manifested into Uncle Howdy. It's, he seems to be the leader, the one who controls the darkness that lives within Bray Wyatt. And he's been begging, clawing, scratching, itching to let that darkness out. But Bray Wyatt has been able to keep him at bay. We've watched Bray Wyatt struggle every single week with maintaining his psyche. And we've watched him literally argue with himself. We've heard the pain, the heartache, the destruction, the rebuild, the love and the admiration from the fans and of course from himself. We've heard Bray Wyatt talk about his struggles, him being fired from WWE, him being begged, pleaded, and literally stalked to come back. And then when he finally emerges, we get the story. We get the picture. Bray Wyatt made it very clear. I wanted to run, but you wouldn't let me. You kept begging and pleading and poking and prodding and pulling and grabbing me back until I came back. And I'm here. And it feels like home. And every time Bray Wyatt seemed to finally get himself together, that demon Uncle Howdy reemerged and called him a liar, a fraud, a fake. You're pretending for these people. Why? Show them who you really are. Or to put it 
more bluntly and in his own words, revel in what you are. Bray Wyatt would then leave when Uncle Howdy would show up. The Wyatt Six symbol would come across the screen and the segment would be over. And every week we get a new piece, a new look into his psyche and how he is struggling to maintain the pieces of himself. One has already broken off and decided that it's time to bring back the Bray Wyatt that we all feared and loved. This new Bray Wyatt isn't real. (laughs) He's a facade. He is a creation to keep the evils at bay. And he's not doing a very good job of that. Meanwhile, L.A. Knight just left Maximel Models and he was looking for somebody to finally solidify his place on the SmackDown roster. Who better than the former Universal Champion Bray Wyatt, one of the most feared and complicated characters in WWE history. Who better? Now, Bray Wyatt was all on his lonesome, giving, of course, his interview. I believe it was an interview with Sarah. I want to say it was Sarah. And Bray Wyatt heard the conversation. And I believe that in that conversation, Bray Bray Wyatt was mentioned by L.A. Knight, calling him a freak or something like that. If I'm wrong, y'all can correct me. Bray Wyatt walked up to him. L.A. Knight said something that Bray Wyatt didn't like. And Bray Wyatt just slapped the shit out of him. (laughs) L.A. Knight didn't take too kindly to that. The next week, and while that happened... The Wyatt symbol popped up on the screen, and so did Uncle Howdy, but nobody was really paying attention. That next week, Bray Wyatt apologized to L.A. Knight for not being able to keep himself under control. He said that while he didn't like what he said, it didn't warrant that type of response. So he has to apologize for not keeping himself in check. And losing control. L.A. Knight came out fast talking. And as always, mouth almighty, tongue everlasting. Bray Wyatt extended his hand. Let's call a truce. L.A. Knight said, sure, no problem. But instead of shaking his hand, he slapped him. He says, we're even now. Now we're even. But before he left, he got another slap. And I think that was the one that started this road of Bray Wyatt reemerging and reverting to his former self. After L.A. Knight left, the entity known as Uncle Howdy was stalking him. He left and was attacked. Now, L.A. Knight came back a few weeks later and made it very clear that he knows that it was Bray Wyatt parading around as Uncle Howdy and that he is lying when he says that it wasn't him. And Bray Wyatt was called out by L.A. Knight 
And when L.A. Knight did not answer or didn't get what he wanted, rather, he went to the back to find Bray Wyatt for himself. Well, he didn't find Bray Wyatt. Who he found was Uncle Howdy. He ended up being attacked again. This time he was kidnapped. And we didn't see L.A. Knight for another week. The first time we saw L.A. Knight laid out, he was under a pile of roadie boxes, trunks, and a scaffold. Just laid out. Arm in a sling couldn't do anything. But he said he was going to vow to get Bray Wyatt back for that. Bray Wyatt made it very clear that he wasn't the one who attacked him. It wasn't him. But of course, Ellen and I didn't want to hear that. So the second attack came in a kidnapping. And when Bray Wyatt cut another promo that week, Uncle Howdy showed a video of L.A. Knight being kidnapped. L.A. Knight made it very clear that he knew it was Bray Wyatt and that Bray Wyatt just doesn't want to admit it. But the reality is, I know for sure that it was you. Bray Wyatt says, man, it wasn't me. If I would have attacked you, there would be nothing of you left. It wasn't me. L.A. Knight didn't want to hear that again. So, he came out to the ring and he made a challenge to Bray Wyatt. I challenge you to a match at Royal Rumble, to which Bray Wyatt accepted. Because he was tired. He was tired of the cat and mouse game, the back and forth. And he says, remember that you asked for this. This is what you wanted. And then Uncle Howdy comes out while Bray Wyatt is in the ring. So, of course, L.A. Knight is freaking out and confused. Not to mention he was just kidnapped by the man. Uncle Howdy comes out laughing maniacally and walking in front of Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight. Standing on the side of Bray Wyatt, he then attacks Bray Wyatt and hits him with the sister Abigail, to which L.A. Knight is fucking confused. What is going on here? I, he's supposed to be your guy, he's supposed to be on your side, and he's attacked. What is this? All of us were thinking the same thing. Bray Wyatt's mind is an interesting one. I find him to be a very complicated but good storyteller. And if you are not paying attention, you will miss very key factors. As I said, Bray Wyatt is a very complicated man. But oftentimes the story is always folding in front of you, piece by piece. It's a rarity that he hides anything. Everything is always right in your face. You just have to know where and when to look. Uncle Howdy is a part of him. We are watching a man break down right before our very eyes and lose himself to whatever evil entity lives inside of him. This last Friday, L.A. Knight cut another promo about how he was going to take this has-been out 
and take him back into the garbage, put him in the trash where he belonged because his time is over and it's time for L.A. night. And well, after that Sister Abigail last, the week before last, it seems to have awakened an old friend of ours, the leader of the Firefly Flun House. the other form of Bray Wyatt. And we all know that there are two sides to this Bray Wyatt. You have the Mr. Rogers neighborhood, semi-nice and sweet Bray Wyatt, uncomfortably friendly Bray Wyatt. And then you have the fiend, an undeniable entity with an insane amount of power and a penchant for pain. We know what the fiend is capable of. We've seen what he can do. Well, that man has been awakened. And now L.A. Knight has to deal with a new form of Bray Wyatt. New to him. A familiar face to us. So the question now you should be asking is who is going to be bested in this match. This match is called a pitch black match and we've never seen anything like this before. Now WWE has this particular match sponsored by Mountain Dew because Mountain Dew has a drink called pitch black. What we do know about the match is that it is pretty much Anything goes, and you win by pinfall or submission. That means everything is legal. Chairs, tables, <laughs> sledgehammers, kendo sticks, baseball, bats, whatever you can get your hands on. It's all legal. My imagination is leading me to believe that this match is going to be covered in a shroud of darkness. Similar to the lights out match that we got with Tiffany, Tiffany Stratton and Wendy Chu over in NXT. But I think this one is going to have that dark purple hue to it. Similar to that dark purple lighting that we got with Edge and the old days of Judgment Day. Who is going to be bested in this match is the question that I keep asking. Honestly and truthfully, I really believe that Bray Wyatt is going to be bested. Think about Isla Dawn and Alba Fire's match from NXT. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back on the Peacock Network and see if they have it up, but you might find it better and faster on Hulu. A few weeks ago, Isla Dawn and Alba Fire had a match, and Isla Dawn has pretty much been stalking and terrorizing Alba Fire, getting her to a point where if you can't beat him, join him is her best bet. She psychologically dismantled Alba Fire from start to finish, costing her a match against former champion Mandy Rose and continuing to be a splinter in her mind for over two months. 
to the point where the last match she had was this past Tuesday. Now, last week, she had a match to which she was competing in against Sol Ruka, and she ended up suffering the Soul Reaper, I believe that's what it's called, or Soul Snatcher. Can't remember. I like Soul Reaper better, but I believe it's the Soul Snatcher. Soul Ruka hit her with her signature move, and that was it. Her finisher, signature move. I'm going to call it signature move. And that was it. But that distraction came from Isla Dawn. Standing on one of the top podiums on the side of the ring, she was taunting Alba Fire. Alba Fire has been tormented by Isla Dawn for months. And this was her final test. She ended up losing to Sol Ruka. Now, as I mentioned before, she had a match with Isla Dawn. To which Isla Dawn sacrificed herself for Alba Fire to win the match. It seemed that Isla could have very well got up off of that table and not taken that move off of the top rope from Alba Fire. But she made the sacrifice for the greater good. At least that's what it looks like to me. Ultimately, Isla Dawn did whatever the spirits in her head are telling her to do. But that same darkness is starting to manifest in Alba Fire as well. And it seems like whatever Isla Dawn touches is succumbed by that darkness. The very same thing can be said about Bray Wyatt. If you think about what I'm saying, just about everybody who has crossed paths with Bray Wyatt has been changed in some kind of way, be it good or bad. Seth Rollins had become the Messiah (laughs) you saw what happened with Alexa Bliss and what's continuing to happen with her. So many people have succumbed to the darkness with the exception of Kevin Owens. He's the only one who's actually crossed paths with the Fiend and not turned dark. And Braun Strowman, yeah, he's been able to fight it off, but he had already been a part of the Fiend for a while. So he doesn't really count, does he? Does he? I'll let you guys figure it out. (laughs) Anyway, back to my theory. Anybody who truly and honestly gets indelved deep into the fiend and Bray Wyatt and all of his broken psyche, you can really see them being changed in the end. So... Is that what's going to happen with L.A. Knight? I'm not so sure. I do think that L.A. Knight will forever be changed after this match. And I do think that L.A. Knight's going to win. But not for the reasons that you think. I think that Uncle Howdy's going to play a big part in this match. But I also think that this match is really, one, to showcase L.A. Knight. But for two, it's to finally get the ball rolling with Bray Wyatt. And it's going to start with LA Knight. One of them's going to be in the Rumble, if not both of them. It's going to be an interesting night for sure. But with all that being said, let's move on. Because there's another story that's leading into the Royal Rumble that is just as interesting and just as weird That story is Bianca Belair versus Alexa Bliss. 
Well, ladies and gents, the next story that we are going to recap here is Bianca Belair versus Alexa Bliss. Now, I know everybody didn't or wasn't as invested in this story in the beginning, but oh, how the tides have changed. We've seen an entire movie scene play out between these two women. And if you don't know what I'm referring to, think back to their match on Monday Night Raw some weeks ago. They literally played the movie scene. I believe it was Scary Movie 2 or 3. I'm not quite sure. But the girls did Brenda and the ring girls scene from start to finish the whole fight. And it was very entertaining. However, while it was entertaining, their story didn't start to develop until after that match. You see, Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair had quite the budding relationship. They were friends first, united together against a common foe, damage control. When damage control came onto the scene, they took over, or at least they attempted to. And Bianca and Bliss and Asuka were very determined to keep them at bay. While yes, they suffered some losses as a group and individually, and even some injuries. They were able to best their foe in the end, especially Bianca, defeating Bailey in over three matches all on her lonesome, with no help from her friends. And now that Bliss has won the opportunity to become the number one contender for Bianca Belair's Raw Women's Championship, she has made it her mission to continue to play mind games with Bianca Belair. Starting off first, pretending to be her friend and acting as if this will be a friendly competition amongst us girls. <laughs> Well, that quickly changed. The moment that Bliss got the opportunity to show her real colors, they flashed quicker than a cut can bleed. <laughs> Bliss made no qualms about these flashes that she would have. If you were paying attention over the weeks that Bray Wyatt was coming and has actually been in the WWE, you would notice that there's a little piece of toying that he's been doing with Alexa Bliss. We all know that she has succumbed to the darkness that is Bray Wyatt, and now that darkness has manifested into Uncle Howdy. We don't know exactly how this darkness is going to reemerge in Alexa Bliss, but we're starting to get a clear picture of what she's truly going to be capable of. As the weeks progressed, Alexa Bliss continued to heighten every single week what she would do in terms of regaining control and being at the top of the mountain again. If you don't recall, Alexa Bliss has a five-time women's champion for both Raw and SmackDown. She's a former two or three-time tag team champion as well. She's no stranger to being at the top of the mountain, and it's been quite some time since she's tasted gold. So I'm pretty sure she's chomping at the bit, waiting for that opportunity, and Saturday can't get here faster enough. But there's one obstacle that's in her way. You see, Bianca Belair is not like any other foe that Alexa Bliss has faced. 
All the other girls that she has faced had a common goal. Obviously, it was to take out down Mighty Mouse, as many call her. For Bianca Belair, this is a test of strength of the mind and wills. You see, Alexa Bliss is right about one thing. You never know what bag she's going to come out of. You don't know if she's going to go dark, if she's going to go light, or if she's just going to go full on crazy. You don't know. All we know is that consistently Bianca Belair has proven why she is the Raw Women's Champion and why there is very rarely anyone who can truly contest and take that championship from her. Now, I said rarely because we don't know what the other girls are capable of. However, we did get a glimpse of what Bliss is capable of. A few weeks back, she bashed Bianca's face in to the point where she was bleeding and sent home for a week. This gave Bliss a lot of time to bask in the ambience of her greatest work. However, she made it very clear that while Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt are toying around at the WWE, it had nothing to do with her. She was in control of all her limbs and wills and anything she wanted to do. They don't, they don't control me. Well, Uncle Howdy made it very clear that I don't think that's necessarily true. You see, every time that Bray Wyatt symbol pops up and every time we see Uncle Howdy come on the screen, she becomes combative, super aggressive, and damn near controlled. And yet she still believes that she somehow has all the power. I guess we'll just have to wait and see how this plays out. All I know is that Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair's story is not going to be over at Royal Rumble. In fact, I predict that this match is going to lead end with Bianca Belair possibly triumphing over this adversary that we call Alexa Bliss. But I don't think Alexa Bliss is going to take that lion down. I think leading into Elimination Chamber, we're going to have another match between these two women. And it's going to be an epic one. But for now, we'll stick with the match that's heading into Royal Rumble. Bianca Belair will defend her Raw Women's Championship against the ever-changing Alexa Bliss. Who do we think is going to win? As I said, I believe Bianca will triumph over this worthy adversary. I will give Bliss this. She has managed to make herself one of Bianca's greatest foes. And while I give that woman all the shit in the world, she actually is a good wrestler. Not in terms of her capability in the ring, but more specifically in her idea of creating a persona and making sure it is believable and delivered with all believability. She has done that. So I commend you good sis on that. But I will say, I still want Bianca Belair to triumph and win. But we shall see how this all plays out 
this coming Saturday at the Royal Rumble. Now, there's only one other match on the docket that's going to take a long time to talk about, but let's get into it. The final match on the docket outside of the men's and women's Royal Rumble is Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Now, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns have a storied history. If you don't recall, the first true title defense outside of his cousin Jey Uso that Roman Reigns had was with Kevin Owens. And it was, in fact, his first true adversary and his first real foe. And he was a formidable one. Kevin Owens made it his mission to stop Roman Reigns' reign of terror before it began. But there were too many irons in the fire, as my mother would say. Too many, I guess you can say, gods on Roman's side. And as the tribal chief, he has his minions to protect his throne. With all that being said, it's been two long years since Kevin Owens has reemerged as another, as the, again, the foe of his nightmares. Referring to Roman Reigns, of course. KO has been a massive thorn in the tribal chief's side for a little better than three months. It's been nice to watch the tribal chief squirm and complain and cry and whine in agony. I enjoy his suffering. <laughs> As does Kevin Owens. Every week, Kevin has found a way to worm his way into the tribal chief's brain and just be a nagging force and an instant, constant problem for the bloodline. Now, one would ask, how can he be a problem for the bloodline? I mean, they have Solo Sokoa, the enforcer of the bloodline, the Usos, the current reigning, defending, undisputed tag team champions, and undefeated. And of course, they have the honorary Us, Sami Zayn. I mean, they're a force to be reckoned with. And then, as always, the tribal chief is on top, looking down, ever the puppet master, manipulating and moving the pieces as he sees fit. But one piece he can't control is Sami Zayn. Now, one of you, or some of you, might be listening going, <clears throat> can't control Sami Zayn. He clearly can. Actually, he doesn't. You see, the basis of Roman Reigns is his need for admiration and his necessity for that false sense of love. If you've ever read or seen, of course, documentaries, stories, movies, TV, whatever you choose to consume, every kingdom has a narcissistic, erratic, angry leader especially those kingdoms that are dogmatic, completely under a dictatorship rule of control. 
And of course, when you have a narcissistic control freak at the helm, it only leads to disaster for those kingdoms. Think Napoleon, King Henry VIII, and thousands of other leaders who have all fallen to their own demise by their own hand. Roman Reigns' biggest issue has never been Kevin and it has never been Sami Zayn. It has always been himself. He's a narcissist at his core. He needs you to want to see him and to praise him for even the most dastardly deeds. The boos and the cheers feed his ego. And without that, <laughs> he's no longer in control. And who do you think has been sapping all of that admiration and hatred from him? If you said Kevin Owens, you are 100% wrong. It's been Sami Zayn. For months, we've watched Sami Zayn slowly but surely ticker his way up to the top. Have you ever watched, um, what's the show? Price is Right. There's a game that plays on there. There's a man. He's usually dressed like he's from Sweden. And he's just going up the mountain. And they play the song of a man yodeling. And he goes up the mountain slowly but surely. But if he goes to that top, he falls over. You lose the game. So the whole point is to get closer and closer to the tip but not fall over. Well, you see, Sami Zayn's been tickering up that mountain, hiking up that mountain for months. Months he's been gaining the love and admiration of all of you fans. And even in the family. Jey Uso hated Sami Zayn. And we all saw it play out. And this past Monday, it was Jey Uso who saved Sami Zayn's ass. I'm sure all of you are listening to this and you're like, Tiffany, what's the point? He's not the one who's facing Roman Reigns and you would be correct. But he is going to be the deciding factor in that match. Don't think for a second that this is just going to be a clean win for anybody. I beg to differ. This is all going to play out as simply as possible. You heard Roman Monday. Sami Zayn has been absolved and he is not guilty for now. Despite him taking Jimmy's place after being injured in his match this past Monday, still thinking that that injury was a kayfabe. I'm hoping it was a kayfabe injury. Despite him saving Jey Uso and Jimmy's tag team titles, despite all of those things, Roman still stuck to what he wanted. Sami Zayn is not to be seen or heard from until Saturday. And then he will have his true test. So Sami has to disappear. So today, will we see Sami Zayn? Will he be on Friday Night Smackdown? He may make a little appearance. He may pop up. But if he doesn't, he was doing what was asked of him. We'll have to wait and see how this all is going to play out. But getting back to Kevin. This past Monday, after a stunning attack on The Miz, 
You like what I did there? Very interesting. <laughs> Kevin Owens has vowed to do everything in his power to remove the tyrant from the top of the mountain and restore order and balance to the WWE. You see, for the last two years, we have been stuck in a loop, a time warp, if you will. Rinse and repeat. Roman Reigns talks a bunch of shit for 20 minutes every week leading up to his match against his respective opponent. No matter who the opponent is, whether they are formidable or laughable, the results always turn out the same. Roman Reigns is standing tall as your undisputed universal WWE champion and that said foe is laid out never to compete against Roman again because he has been bested. Or at least that's what we're being led to believe. Roman Reigns has ruled over the WWE for two years and he has done nothing but be a tyrant. He has attacked, destroyed, and dismantled everything in the WWE to which everything goes through him in terms of who gets a championship shot and who doesn't. How many times we get to see the title defended if it's on network television or on PLEs, or even if we get to see the champion more than twice a month, which is a rarity. 90% of the time, Roman's not competing on a Friday night SmackDown or even a Monday night Raw. And it's a rarity that we see him wrestle under regular circumstances. His title reign is giving very much Brock Lesnar treatment, only he's worse. And while I understand that Roman is only one man, I still say that the titles, they don't deserve to be held hostage. I wanna see competition. I want to see new feuds. I want to see new people fighting to get to the top of the mountain. I want to see new champions. I want to see battles. I want to see fights and stories. While I love the bloodline and everything they've represented for the last two years, it's time for new blood. And I mean that with all of my heart. The Uzos will always still be my distinguished twins. And Roman will always be the tribal chief. That moniker will never be taken from him. But I'll tell you what will be taken from him. One of those titles needs to go to somebody. Now, the way I see it and my idea that I've been screaming from the mountaintops for months. Make Roman Reigns defend those titles at WrestleMania. Both of them separately. One night, you make Roman defend the title, and the next night, you make him defend the title. Now, a few people that I've been talking to in my lives and online, of course, in the IWC, have suggested that maybe Roman should drop one of the titles at Royal Rumble to Kevin Owens. That would definitely cause a fucking shake, earthquake in the WWE. It would make so much noise, it would be deafening. Kevin Owens finally besting the beast, the tyrant, the dictator that has been the tribal chief for two years, destroying and dismantling his hold over one of those titles. <laughs> it would be fucking glorious.
But if I know WWE, like I know WWE, especially with Vincent Kennedy McMahon being at the helm again, I don't think that's going to happen. However, if it does, I'm all for it. The one thing I want you to remember about this is the fun of the chase, the fun of the story. Roman Reigns and Kevin's story has played out time and time again. And while we're all watching, hoping, and with bated breath and anticipation, we kind of already have a sense as to how this is going to play out. I encourage you to watch wrestling with an open mind and no expectations. I promise you, if you do it the way I'm asking, that you would enjoy the product much, much better than what most people have. Oftentimes what I see on social media is a severe criticism of wrestling as a whole, whether it be AEW or WWE. I am not absolved of that criticism. In fact, you guys come here week after week because we, down for the count, give you that criticism. And while we do it in good conscience and it is considered constructive, sometimes I just want to be a kid again and just watch wrestling. And Uncle Trip Trip has provided us with enough good, even though we getting bad in the middle. He's provided us with enough good to be able to do that. So who do we choose to be our reigning champion, our new king, if you will? I know I'm going to regret this. Before I say, <laughs> I want to reiterate and remind you of what Kevin Owens really said. I have a tendency sometimes to fixate on words when people speak. Because I feel like words have power. And they really do mean something. Kevin Owens said that he's going to do everything in his power to get the Universal Championship from Roman Reigns. Not the undisputed Universal Championship, but the Universal Championship. He said that Roman has been Universal Champion for two years, which is true. He's only been WWE Champion for a year, maybe a little bit longer. Going into WrestleMania, it'll be a year that he's been Undisputed Champion. Because he just won it last year. <laughs> but he said he's been universal champion for two years. And it's been two years too long. And that he's going to do everything in his power to rip that title from his hands. He's going to fight like tooth and nail. And he's not going to give up. They're going to have to hurt him to keep him down. Which you know Roman has no problem with doing. But as I said, I pay attention to words. The Universal Championship is the title that is supposed to be over SmackDown. Just like the women's titles are separated, I believe the men's titles should be separated too. Now the Usos have been defending their tag team championships for months. We've seen those tag team titles defended in the last two months more than we've seen in their entitled title reign. I might be over-exaggerating, but... 
it's kind of true, right? However, Roman hasn't defended his title that much. In fact, sometimes he goes months without defending his championship. With all that being said, if I had to pick, I'm going to go with my heart. And I'm going to pick Kevin Owens to be the winner of this match. I am hoping that WWE hears my cries and pleas and does something to shock us all. And not just use Sami Zayn as a pawn in the game in the way that I think they're going to use him. I really hope and pray that they do this the right way, in my opinion, and start shaking the fucking table. The time is now. The door is open. All they have to do is walk through it. (sighs) Let's just hope they don't slam it shut. Finally, we have come to the end of the podcast. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Royal Rumble season is always a weird one for me. And it's not because the Royal Rumble match isn't good or isn't going to be good. But it most definitely will be good. But it's, it's usually not this hard to pick or decide who is going to win the Rumble. There are so many pieces, so many irons in the fire, and so many different routes you can take to really set WrestleMania ablaze. (sighs) Shout out to Nicole, the founder of Down for the Count. She came up with a post on Twitter, and it says, and I quote, Okay, I want to hear what you guys think is going to happen on Saturday. Return to WWE. Who's going to return? Who's going to have the most eliminations? Who's going to have the shortest time in the ring? The biggest pop? Best gear? Why are you here? Which is a, okay, they could have picked anybody but them. Most likely to fall or trip. And the longest time to enter the ring. So... I think this is a fun way to handle the Royal Rumble and give you guys my assessment of it. So, given what we know currently about the Royal Rumble in terms of who's going to be in it, let's start off with Biggest Pop. I think the Biggest Pop is going to go to Cody Rhodes. Now, Cody Rhodes has made his announcement that he is returning to the E. He's going to reemerge and and return to the ring as your American nightmare. Now, Cody Rhodes suffered a pectoral injury to the point where his mess muscle was completely torn off of the bone. This man wrestled with this horrendous injury. Inside Hell in a Cell with Seth Rollins. Quite frankly, it was the most brutal match I've ever seen. Not by the actions in the match, but just by the gnarly pool of blood underneath his skin. Where his torn pectoral muscle was and where his arm was. It just looked 
brutal and painful. I'll never forget that match ever. With all that being said, I think that he most definitely will get the biggest pop of the night. And of course, we're going to get some returns. So, she asked who's going to return to the WWE. Now, currently, there is only 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 people who have declared for the Rumble. That leaves open 15 more slots. So, there could be anybody coming into the WWE. I, for one, think, well, of course, AJ Styles is out. He is injured. And unfortunately, he is going to miss the Royal Rumble this year, which I'm sad about because I love AJ Styles. However, Edge is going to return at the Royal Rumble, I think. I also think that either Finn Balor, um, Damian Priest has already declared, I think. Let me check. Oh, he hasn't. Damian Priest is going to be in that fucking match. Like, there's no way that he won't be. He's definitely going to be in that match. <sighs> they say that fucking <laughs> Dominic Mysterio is going to be in the match. I would really hate that. I also think that there should be a woman to enter into this rumble. And I think it should be Rhea Ripley. I think she should enter into this rumble and somebody could finally knock her ass the hell out. <laughs> That's all I want to see is just her finally get kicked in the face. She keep baiting people to do it. And since she wants to be in the middle of the rumble, take her ass out like they did Nia Jax. Just beat her ass. Y'all can get mad at me all you want to. I don't care, but I'm sick of that bitch. And I need her to get her comeuppance. Everybody else been getting their comeuppance. She's the only one in the group that ain't really got a true ass whooping yet. And I need her to get it. Immediately. Any hoosies. Returns are going to be are sticky. Because a lot of people, we don't know who's going to be in the rumble. We're probably going to get some oldies but goldies. And a lot of people still believe that the Wayne The Rock Johnson is going to show up at the Rumble. I don't know if he is. But if he does, great. If he doesn't, still great. I know that Bad Bunny's going to be in the Rumble. So we're going to have that. Let's see what else. Shortest time in the ring. That's probably going to go to Masay or Mansoor. I don't see one of them. I don't see one of them lasting longer than two minutes, maybe five. I mean, right now, Santino Morella still holds the time for the shortest entry into the Royal Rumble. Nobody's been able to best that. So I think it's going to be one of them that gets the shortest time in the ring. As I said, I think the biggest pop is going to go to Cody Rhodes. Best gear. The men really don't pop off when it comes to the gear for the Royal Rumble. But the girls do. The girls, they do. They pop off when it comes to the gear for the Rumble. So I'll save that for the Women's Royal Rumble. The men pretty much just come out there in their regular old gear. They don't really switch it up. So I'm just going to say the only person I think that would probably switch it up is probably Kofi. Because he's obviously going to be in the Rumble. If he doesn't, I'll be shocked. 
It might be Kofi. Mm. Ricochet might give you a little something, something. But as far as gear is concerned for the guys, they're pretty much creatures of habit. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, let's see. Why are you here? <laughs> I think that category is so funny. Um, I know y'all probably gonna hate me for this, but if I've been hearing about Stone Cold Steve Austin possibly being in the Rumble, and I'm just gonna be like, no thanks. A lot of people think Jake Paul could possibly be in the Rumble. I would absolutely detest that. I would hate it. I would hate it with a passion. Um, there's some other people that I can say that for, but we'll have to wait and save that for the actual rumble. But that is such a funny category. Most likely to fall or trip. Well, Titus isn't going to be in the rumble, I don't think. So, I don't know. Braun Strowman is a little clumsy. He probably going to fall. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to give that title to Strowman. Longest time to enter the ring. Yeah, that's probably going to be uh, Omos. Um, depending on how long that fucking ramp is, it'll probably be Omos. Um, who else take their sweet ass time getting to the ring? Seth. Seth takes it quite a bit because he likes to dance and hear everybody sing. Um, if Roman was in the rumble, I'd say Roman hands down. But since his ass is wrestling Kevin, he ain't going to be in the damn rumble unless he lose that title. <laughs> Anyways, um, which he wouldn't have to because he'd still have one. But, you know, whatever. Um, but it would make for a good swerve if he dropped both titles to Kevin and then he got into the rumble. And then the Rock's music hit and the Rock eliminated him. <gasps> Gasp. Amazing. <laughs> Anyways, I would want that that match to be non-title for sure. But y'all don't y'all don't want to hear what I got to say on that. Anyways, getting back to this. So most eliminations. I don't think Braun Strowman is gonna have the most eliminations in the Royal Rumble this year. I think they're gonna give that to Omos. <sighs> I I don't really care either way. I don't really care for Omos like that, so I'm definitely going to be like, eh, whatever. <laughs> so let's move on to the girls. Um, Return to WWE. I'm hoping they have a nice mixed bag of women. I don't really care for the Bellas, so I can give less than the fuck if they show up. Which, given the conversation that they've had on social media, if I was WWE, I wouldn't bring their asses in there. But that's just me. Um, I wouldn't mind Alicia Fox popping up for one night. I wouldn't mind Beth being in the Rumble. It's time for Natalia to pop her ass back up. She's been gone for a minute. Let her come back. Um... Hopefully, Shotzi's hand is healed. She's ready to go in time. Um, oh, you know what would be fun is if they, you know, brought in Natalia. Not Natalia, but they brought in um, Taya Valkyrie. I don't know why I said Natalia. I apologize. Taya Valkyrie would be a good pop-up. 
she would be a good pop-up. Also, of course, Mickey James, they could go for, um, they're, they're going to bring Chelsea Green in there. Chelsea Green's either going to show up at the Rumble or shortly after, but she's definitely going to be a part of it. Um, let me think. Um, Beth's probably going to get a massive pop for that. She's probably going to get a huge pop for the Rumble. Um, hmm. The girls are a tricky one. They're, they are a tricky one. Most eliminations, um, that's probably going to go to Raquel. Not even going to lie. I think Raquel is going to probably get the most eliminations in this year's Rumble. Um, we all know that, uh. Our resident crazy, Liv Morgan, is starting off at number one. She's ready to battle it through. I'm hoping that Carmella pops back up after everything she's been through, and I hope that she's okay mentally and physically and ready to go. Like, I would love to see Carmella again, give that woman some cheers and pop for her because she definitely deserves it. Um, who else would I be, like, excited to see? See, I like the element of surprise when it comes to the Rumble. So these conversations don't really pique my interest. But who do I think is going to have the shortest time in the ring? Um, shortest time in the ring. Let me look at who's going to be in the Rumble for the girls. Mm. That list is even shorter for the girls. It's like only seven girls on this list, and they got to fill out that um, Royal Rumble with 30 women. Child, 23 women they need. It's going to be a long Saturday. Anyways, um, I am not 100% sure about the girls, but I do think the girls are going to have decent gear. I know that Zelina Vega usually cosplays for the PLEs, especially for the Rumble like this. So this is going to be interesting to see what she does. I think hers, her gear is probably going to be the most interesting. Last year, she was Madara from Naruto. Um, some people refer to him as Madara, but um, I've heard him also called as Madara. But... Um, I think she might have a good um, cosplay setup of gear. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll get to see Saray. Maybe Saray will pop up for the Rumble. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think some NXT girls are definitely going to pop up for the Rumble. I'm hoping that Sol Ruka is there because I feel like Sol Ruka is just really, really good. Zoe will be a good pop up. For the Rumble. I think she'd be a good call up. Um, as long as Cora's ass ain't over there. I don't care. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be interesting day. Now. Um, going back to. Nicole's list. Why are you here? Any woman. That I. From the Divas era that I just don't care for. Is going to be a why you, are you here. Moment for me. Um, the Bellas is going to be one of them. Um, Michelle McCool is going to be another, although Michelle 
got wrestling skills. She got them chops. I just don't care for Michelle. Candice Michelle would be another one because I just don't like her either. Um, I'm just going to be like, okay, girl. Um, Julian Hall, while she's funny, I just don't see her. Like, I, she did okay in the Rumble, pandemic era Rumble. But she'd be another one that I would just be like, girl, go home. And Kelly Kelly, too. I know a lot of people are going to be like, girl, damn. That's a, that's a lot of people. I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to see them. No shade, but I just don't want to see them. They're not my cup of tea. Um, Let's go back to the list. Uh, Most likely to fall or trip. Oh, I'm also hoping that Piper comes back during the Rumble. I think that would be really cool. A really cool debut for re-debut for Piper. And I hope that Naomi comes back and she gets the biggest pop. I really do. Um, most likely to fall or trip. <sighs> Probably be one of the NXT girls for sure. Um... It's probably gonna be one of the NXT girls, or I would make it be Bailey just to be petty. <laughs> but anyways, um, longest time to enter the ring. Yeah, that's probably gonna be Damage Control. Whichever member of Damage Control comes in first, which more than likely will be Dakota or Bailey. I think I don't think EO would come in first, but it could be any of them. Whichever one of them it is. Especially if it's Bailey, Bailey gonna walk. She not gonna run down there. Um, somebody like Summer Rae, uh, Natalia. Uh, it's gonna take them forever to come in the ring. Forever. Um, best gear, like I said, we already went over that. Uh, shortest time in the ring. It's going to go to one of them Dita stands. Sands, the Bella Twins. They're not going um, to knock them out of the ring early on, which they definitely should. Um, but it's going to be one of them, one of them um, Diva girls. Um, who's going to have the most eliminations? Shortest time. The longest time. I think the longest time in the ring is definitely going to go to Liv. I don't think Liv is going to have, she going to be, she going to make it all the way to the end. She definitely going to make it to the end, in my opinion. Um, who going to have the shortest time in the ring? That MMA, um, that Maxim Mel Models management um, girl, what's her name? Maxine Maxim. Her, she probably going to be in the Rumble. If she is, she definitely going to be. The one to have the shortest time. No shades of her, but girl. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so, who are going to be my predictions to win the Rumble? Let's start off with the men. Because I think I've rambled on long enough. So, here are going to be my top five possible winners of the Royal Rumble. Okay. Cody Rhodes. Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, Sheamus, and Bobby Lashley. Those are my top five guys. I honestly think 
that my sixth man could be Kevin because Kevin is petty. And if he loses, he most definitely will enter the Royal Rumble the same way that Becky did. Okay. There's like at least 15 slots open for the Rumble right now. He definitely could lose his opportunity against Roman and enter the Rumble later on that night for the men. And then challenge Roman again after winning said Rumble. And then Seth Rollins could make his case about how he's never lost a champion. He never lost to the champion. And he's the only person who has actually beaten Roman Reigns in the last two years of his title reign. And then they can go into making Roman defend his titles on both nights. I think that's probably the way they're going to go. But we're, 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 we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're going to keep going. So, for the girls. Okay, for the girls, here are my top five possible winners for said Royal Rumble. Okay, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, um, Shayna Baszler, uh, who else is back there? Because Nikki Cross is definitely going to be in the Rumble. I don't know why she hasn't declared, but she's definitely going to be in the Rumble. I know Bailey's going to be in the Rumble. Um, Bailey could definitely win. And instead of challenging Bianca, go after Charlotte. And then my fifth girl would be Liv Morgan. And my sixth, my honorary pick, or more specifically, my dark horse pick for the women. Oh, God. Um, Jesus, because I don't, like, I don't know who else is going to show up in that rumble. 23 women? Like, that could be anybody. Um, I'm going to go with Piper. Let Piper be the sixth. Also... A seventh honorable mention for the men is Sami Zayn. I think Sami Zayn's going to enter in the Rumble. If they do, it could be spin. They could spin it a different way. So Sami could enter into the Rumble, win, and then because Kevin Owens gets, let's say Kevin wins the championship, Sami then challenges Kevin for said championship in honor of the Tribal Chief. But the Tribal Chief costs Sammy, the title at WrestleMania. Oh, that's fucking genius. Oh my God. I would fucking love that. Like they would big him up. Like we're doing this for the tribal chief. Rah, rah, rah. And then, you know, Roman shows his true colors, right? <laughs> oh, this would be interesting. Yes. Yes, it would. I kind of dig this, like make Kevin, Sammy, and Roman compete in like a triple threat match at WrestleMania, though. And then that Saturday, that Sunday, whoever wins has to compete against Seth Rollins. Ooh, it's so many ways that this could play out and all four of those men could be involved and it could be so much fun. I hope WWE is looking at all of this in so many different angles from different lenses because... My God, they could make fucking gold here for the next couple of months. Okay, 
gold. Anyway, that's it. That's Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble this year is not convoluted. It's not super packed with a bunch of matches. The matches that are on the card have true storylines, but also are wonderfully done. Like, there's so much to unpack here when it comes to all these storylines. And the Royal Rumble is so unpredictable. That is the fun of it. That's the way that it should be. It should be fun. It should be anonymous. It should be mysterious. You should be thinking of all these different scenarios and you just go, I can't wait to see what they're going to do. It should be like that. I can't wait to see what they're going to do. Royal Rumble's going to be a good time. If you do, like I said, throw all of your ambition and weird contradictions of the show out the window and just watch it for what it is no expectations i promise you that you will enjoy the product so much better i am your girl tiffany e of down for the count and i appreciate every single one of you for continuing to follow the podcast and enjoy the shows I promise you all of us, or at least most of us, will be back after the Royal Rumble to give you guys our thoughts of the show, where we think WWE is going to be headed next, if they have a new champion, and how this is all going to play out leading into the Elimination Chamber, and of course, WrestleMania. Those are the final two pay-per-views of the WWE season, as they put it. And then, that's when the real fun begins. Because we get a shake-up, a draft, and we get to have some fun. So with all that being said, stick with us. We'll be coming back in full force after Royal Rumble. And then every week, I'll try to give you guys a new podcast. As long as the girls are willing and can, I will be here. And if not, I'll still be here. (laughs) So I'll see you guys in our next one.